Ah, shit, I got to edit this at some point, don't I? Ah, it's fine. Hadn't thought about that. That should be okay. You take one week off. Everything goes to hell. I mean, it's like you don't remember how to do anything. That's all right. I, um, I actually, this is how ridiculous I am. I put in the calendar for tomorrow that I'm going to spend most of the day detailing Aaron's car because it just went to the beach, got bird poop all over it, and it hasn't been properly detailed in quite a long time. So in our family calendar is Casey Detail Volvo. And so that will probably take me the majority of the day. Isn't that something that you can like take to a place and have them do it? Yes. If the complaint is it's going to take up your entire day, like you can pay what I understand to be relatively small amounts of money uh, to have a car detailed. It's not relatively small amounts of money. How, you, how much? How I think, much? I think a couple hundred bucks. That to me really? is not a small amount. Yeah. Well, because so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a wash, a wax and a clay, which means this is like four to six hours of work. Now, truth be told, I'm I'm faux complaining about it because I actually enjoy it. Um, I'll get to catch up on the podcast that I just told you I am way behind on. And beyond that, I just really do enjoy doing it. There's very, very, very little manual labor that I actually enjoy. I loathe almost all of it. Um, this I actually really do enjoy. So. Well, if you enjoy it, I retract my statement. But if you are complaining about it because of the amount of time that it's going to take up from your day, then even if it was $200, it would be worth paying if you did the time equation. Yes. Which you can't do because you don't time track, but you can Correct. at least have a decent enough idea that your time is probably worth, like on an entire day, more than $200. Probably. And yeah, the only thing that the only thing that bums me out about it is that this particular week is not a great week for me either. Then why don't you just do it next week? Like, what's the harm? Like, what will happen? Will the car turn to dust? Like, what happens <laughs> to the car? No, but at the same token, I don't want like bird crap to sit on it for a week. And I could, I guess, just like blast it off or whatever. But to look to look into the depths of the calendar, right? Like, we're recording a couple of hours for the Apple event. Tomorrow is Wednesday, which means you're recording ATP, mm-hmm. and you're going to spend six hours of your ATP day and what's arguably the most important episode of the year, washing a car. Now, in theory, if you're listening to podcasts about the event, that's fine, but do you feel that you'll still have enough time to do your research adequately if you take all that time to do the uh, the car detailing? It's adorable that you think I do that much research for that show. But you should, though. It doesn't matter what, what you actually do or what you don't do. You should be doing <laughs> no, research these, for No, on these days, I, I generally do pay at least a little bit of attention. And I take your point, And, yeah, well, it may end up, depending on how the event goes, like, if there's a lot of stuff I need to dig in on, then I probably will postpone. Like, on typical weeks, a lot of the time, you're just giving your opinion on things, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. what you know, I understand why you could, whilst I don't agree with this, this method, I understand why you could say to yourself, oh... I don't really need to research it that much. I just need to say how I feel about something. Right. I understand that. Right. right, like right. It's not how I work, but I understand that. But like the iPhone event episode, like that is empirically, you need information. There is yes. information that you can get and you can go out and get it. Yeah. Now we, we are of the same mind on this and uh, I'm somewhat playing up the devil's advocate role here, but no, you are correct. And I mean, it depends on, on how, how the event goes, you know, if there's, if everything is exactly as we expect and there's no real question marks, then I'm not too worried about it. If it's like last year when we all looked at each other and we're like, why is this phone any good? I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but you know, we all looked at the 10 S and we were like, okay. And then it ended up that, Oh no, the camera is a lot better. They just didn't really talk about it, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And, and that, that sort of thing, and that that would cause me to to take a lot of time and do a lot more research, but we'll see. 
I digress. We don't have to put that in the show. That was just for your benefit. No, it's in there now. We've been talking too long. It's a, this is a busy day. I'm not wasting five minutes of my day <laughs> for, for this to just be cut out. This is in the show now. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Fine. All right. So we should kick off, since we definitely haven't been talking for five minutes. Definitely not. We should kick off with some important follow-up from our friend and yours, Jeremy Barsh. And Jeremy has my iMessage, you know, phone number address, what have you, but for some reason decided to blow me up on Instagram of all places uh, with the following comments. Communication pyramid. Yeah, I guess so. Um, In any case, uh, Jeremy wanted to relay the following. This is now a quote from him. Some important, well, actually, from your Bodhi terms. Your guess on boat boat length was 20 to 30 feet. It's 53 feet long. Most narrow boats are between about 40 and 70 feet. The longest ones can't fit in all parts of the canal network, so lots of people opt to get medium-length boats so you can cruise all over. Mike said that he sailed the boat to Morley. You can cruise on a narrow boat, and when you're in charge of it, you are steering. No sailing. And (laughs) Morley... Michael and Morley isn't a place. We went to Marlowe, which is on the Thames, which is west of London. Oh, and the thing you steal, steer with is a tiller, not a rudder. This I would never have guessed. The rudder is the bit under the water. The bit you move left and right to do the steering is the tiller. Duh. There's a in the part of London where I live. There are lots of these uh, fast food shops, like chicken type shops called mm-hmm. Morleys. That's why that happened. Uh huh. Sure. Um, I am also putting a link in the show notes to a blog post that Jeremy wrote uh, a while back on Tumblr uh, called Hashtag Boat Life, where he detailed some of the thoughts and feelings he's had about moving on a boat. I'm mostly doing this in response to him blowing us up by saying, well, fine, give us some more then, because you said there'd be more posts and there hasn't been. So there you go, Burge. <laughs> now it's your play. Uh, Jeremy it- invented emoji. Yes, that did you know that That's what Jeremy, he's known for. he invented it. And if you That's ever if you ever want a new emoji, you have to ask him. That's how it works. Yeah, if you just go to emojipedia.org, there's like a contact link somewhere on the website and you just say like Jeremy, I want this emoji. Yeah, he he's the only one that can make it happen. I've done it. I've said to him Jeremy, I want this emoji and then at some point they've appeared. See? It's like magic. All you need is a Jeremy barge in your life. What I wanted, this is one of the first conversations I had with Jeremy. Unfortunately, this is probably the most of the first conversations people have with Jeremy when they find <laughs> out what he does, poor Jeremy, uh, was about there was a, um, I, I think I've met him bef- before, but I have met him before actually, but only very briefly. And this is like a, the first time that we really spoke in, in length. iOS, the classifications, you know, like you know, on, the, on the iOS keyboard, you have a bunch of like folders, as you could call them, like sure. categories, and they're denoted by icons. Mm-hmm. The food icon used to have, I think, like a burger and a cup of a straw in it. Mm. There was no emoji for cup of a straw in it. Ah, and this used to irk me. I didn't want that emoji. I don't think I've ever used that emoji, but it frustrated me. And I mentioned this to Jeremy. And he was like, oh, yeah. And now there is a, I don't know if it's this, I'm just going to say that my conversation with Jeremy resulted in this, but now there is a cup of a straw in it emoji. I think that's 100% because of the two of you. Mm-hmm. Well, it it could 100% be because of Jeremy, but it probably has nothing to do with me. Fair enough. All right. So I'm back from vacation. Uh, We went, uh, the family went on vacation last week. We went to a place uh, on the eastern shore of Virginia called Cape Charles. So Virginia has the big meaty part of it. And then there's a little spit off to the side that if is a peninsula and it only connects to mainland Virginia by way of this ridiculous like bridge tunnel thing, which I believe it was, I put it on Twitter if I'm not mistaken, but it's this like 
30 mile or something like that, 20 mile, 30 kilometer uh, bridge tunnel thing that you take, which is just preposterous to drive over and the weirdest feeling in the world. But anyway, we went to this little, little sleepy beach town called Cape Charles. The way you and Marco describe uh, Fire Island and the particular town in which uh, the Armin's uh, vacation, it sounds like a very similar vibe. Um you know, we didn't really drive anywhere once we got there. I know on Fire Island, that's not really possible at all. But for us, you know, we didn't need to drive. The whole city is like a square mile. Uh, you know, there's a handful of restaurants and we got to just go and enjoy just the four of us, which was really lovely. Uh, I was telling you before the show that a trip with two little kids, I don't know if I really call it a vacation necessarily. <laughs> it's more of a family trip. But that being said, it was really good. Uh, it was nice that Michaela was able to walk and even to some degree swim, you know, with like a floaty on her. Um, Declan, you know, obviously enjoyed it quite a bit. And it was a lot of fun. But uh, I am back at it, ready to rock. You know, this is my first real day back at work. And it's iPhone event day. So busy, busy day. It looks like you always have a nice time there, based upon your uh, Instagram stories. It looked very nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I was uh, heavy on the Insta stories for me anyway, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's very it's very low key. So you know, I'm from Richmond, or um, I live in Richmond, Virginia. And generally speaking, if you live in Richmond, you go to something called the Outer Banks, um, and that's in North Carolina, and it's about a four to six hour drive, depending on traffic. And that's what almost every person in Richmond that I know does for the summer. They rent a beach house and they go to the Outer Banks for a week. And we did that for several years. And that's what most of Aaron's family still does. But the Outer Banks is on the ocean proper, which means the waves can be anywhere from a few inches to a few feet. And when you're a four-year-old or a one-and-a-half-year-old, that's daunting. Or sometimes if you're Marco, if you're, you know, 37. But nevertheless, I don't blame him for the record. In any case, uh, Cape Charles is on the Chesapeake Bay, which looks like an ocean when you're standing on the beach because you can't see the far side of it, but it's really just the bay. And so the water is way calmer and you can walk out easily like a couple hundred yards, you know, it was a couple hundred meters and you can walk out there as an adult and still have, you know, your waist above the water. And that makes it much, much more our speed. And plus, you know, there's a handful of really, really great restaurants in, in town. Again, this sounds a lot like Fire Island from what I understand. Uh, there's a lot of really good restaurants in town, including a very good pizza pace. They don't have Bang Bang or Boom Boom or whatever sauce that you guys are in love with. But um, but it is extremely tasty. And yeah, it's just it's it's a lot of fun. And it's a really, really lovely little town uh, that that we really enjoy. And I think we're going to be we're going to definitely go back there at least one week uh, for at least the next few years. But we'll see what happens. Moving on, how's your back? It's still very painful. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And you're about to get on a plane again in like a week, aren't you? Yes. Delightful. Um, I'm seeing my physio. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm I'm going I'm doing what I should be doing. I'm doing my stretches every day. I'm trying to make sure I'm monitoring it, but it, it can it can be pretty painful. Yeah, I can't imagine how unbelievably uncomfortable you must be. And that does not sound like a terrible amount of fun, if I'm honest with you. No. I had a massage like a, from my physiotherapist whilst having acupuncture needles in, in like around the broken vertebra. Oh. It was very uncomfortable because obviously he's moving my skin and the needles are moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very uncomfortable. Yeah, but you're a needle expert now, Mr. Two Tattoo Man. Yeah, I mean, I've had enough acupuncture needles now to last me a lifetime, but it keeps <laughs> happening to me. It's probably going to happen again this weekend. It's going to go back to them again this weekend. Aye. 
That's no fun. I'm sorry to hear that. How was the plane trip back? Because last I spoke to you, you were still in, in California, were you not? Yeah, I was in a cupboard in California when we spoke last. That's right, yes. The plane trip was fine. It was about as I expected, like it hurt the next day. Um, but it wasn't too bad. I, I just was taking precautions whilst flying, just trying to make sure that I was as comfortable as I could be, moving around as much as I should, all that kind of stuff, and to try not to use not trying not to do too much craziness with my suitcases like with the luggage and stuff mm-hmm. and i ended up making it work out good 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 uh in more important news with respect we have something to talk about for the month of september august is relay month but september is no longer relay month they're not in the same way anyway can you tell me what is going on because i'm excited this September, you can join Relay FM in support of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. During September, we are raising money in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. St. Jude combines the very best in personalized care with one of the most technologically advanced treatment clinics in the world, the Red Frog Therapy Center, the first proton therapy center in the world dedicated solely to children with cancer with the ability to kill and shrink tumors while keeping healthy tissues and organs safe. St. Jude will continue to research the use of proton therapy, preventing the growth and spread of tumors while reducing the risk of treatment-related side effects. If you can, you should be donating to St. Jude today, go to stjude.org slash analog to support the advancement of childhood cancer research. Again, that is stjude.org slash analog to donate today. Uh, again, there is a time delay, but like we're like past 70% of our fundraising goal of $75,000, which is unbelievable considering we're halfway through the month. Um, but of course, I want us to meet that goal before we begin broadcast on September 20th from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern for the six-hour podcast-a-thon event that we will be putting on. Both me and Stephen will be hosting the entire thing. We've been working with the wonderful people at St. Jude, and we're cooking up some pretty awesome stuff. I'm very excited about it, and we'll be uh, calling upon many Relay FM uh, hosts in some manner or another for a cavalcade of events over those six hours. Uh, and I'm for the way that things are shaping up, much embarrassment for me and Stephen throughout <laughs> the entire time. So if that's something you want to see, um, I put a link in the show notes to a Twitch event because we're going to be broadcasting the entire thing on Twitch. So you can get reminders there and you can also see uh, the times in your own local time zone um, because that Twitch is cool like that. So I just want to build on that just a little bit. You know, we've talked about St. Jude a lot of times on this show and I feel like it, it, it's kind of compulsory. And, and I also would like to bring up, uh, you know, our dear friend and past guest and past co-host, even uh, Stephen Hackett and his family who have been served by St. Jude in the most incredible way. And episode five of this very podcast, um, which to this day, five years later, actually almost to the day, my word, that was September 14th, 2014. Today is the 10th as we record. Uh, that is almost exactly five years ago. Anyway, uh, episode five of, the, five of this very program might be the most important and possibly uh, the, the audio I am most proud of. You know, I think this is the possibly the best podcast episode I've ever recorded. And unfortunately, it was five years ago, but be that as it may, uh, it was very, very good. And you can hear a lot more about Stephen's family's struggle with childhood cancer and, and the incredible mm-hmm. things that St. Jude did for their family. And it's that's what I think brought it to our attention. But of course, Stephen is one of many, many, many families that St. Jude treats and treats for by you know, with no cost. I was going to say for free, but but no cost to the family. It's really incredible the work they do. I cannot think of a better charity to throw Relay's weight behind. And 
I would love to see us get to that $75,000 goal before the, uh, the, the telethon podcastathon happens. And you know what? I think, I think we can hit a hundred, Mike. I think we can do it. I want to. I think I we would can love do to. I think that should be our actual goal. The formal goal. Yeah. 75. Yeah. Whatever. I think we can analog goal. Analog goal is a hundred. And I think we can get there. So, uh, please, if you have a dollar to send their way, please do because they could use it. And they've done a lot of good deeds to a lot of great, great families who really needed it. So if you've spent a thousand dollars buying a new iPhone, mm-hmm. you have money to give to St. Jude. Yep. I agree. I think you should, I think you should be able to find at least a few bucks. It can to send be their way. $10. That you That's give. fine. Ten's fine. You should Ten's give good. more. But if that's all you can afford, go for it. But if you're spending that kind of money on a new phone, then you should also be able to give some money to childhood cancer research. Today's episode is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. You can unlock your productivity with Text Expander and make everything that you write repetitively available everywhere you type. Text documents, spreadsheets, web forms, and so much more. Keeping your messages consistent, accurate, and up-to-date is super important, and Text Expander allows you to do this by letting you share your snippets of your coworkers. Text Expander for Teams is a wonderful collaboration tool, making it easy to organize snippets for your support, customer service, and other departments in your business, giving your teams all the snippets that they need and only the information that they have to have access to in the right way. We use these extensively at Relay FM now, working with multiple people to, to complete uh, tasks. And I want to make sure that we have consistency of communication. And that is what Text Expander allows us to do. Text Expander is available for Mac OS, Windows, iPhone, and iPad, and Chrome as well. And listeners of this show can get 20% off their first year just by going to textexpander.com slash podcast. That is textexpander.com slash podcast. If you've been meaning to try Text Expander, do it now and get that 20% off your first year. Textexpander.com slash podcast uh, thanks to texas banner from smile for their support of this show and all of relay fm so today as we record is the first day of declan's school year at preschool and this is the first day of his last year of preschool during the course of this program i didn't have any children and now the eldest of my two children is starting his last year of preschool mm. what is happening <laughs> This is nuts to me, but um, I just wanted to take a moment and kind of talk that through because I've been thinking about it a lot over the last few days. Yeah, we just returned from vacation yesterday on Monday the 9th. Uh, Today's Tuesday the 10th, as mentioned. And uh, yeah, we had this like direct transition, direct from our end of summer vacation, direct into, okay, now it's school time. And I think that gave us a little bit of whiplash. Like we knew what we were doing when we booked it, but it's still a little bit of whiplash nevertheless. And this was also uh, a little bit tough because our summer was like our, a, a very long slog. Um, and not to say we didn't have fun, but we didn't really have any vacations. Like I was able to go to California for a few days with you, Mike. But, um, you know, we had WWDC at the beginning of the summer where Aaron joined me and then nothingness until a couple of weeks ago. And then, you know, this was our only family vacation this summer. And I just felt like it was the summer of just the same thing over and over again. And typically in most summers, we'll put Declan in a couple of camps. So, you know, he'll basically have like mini preschool for like a fewer days and less time uh, for each day. 
but we only we were only able to do that a couple of weeks. So typically we'll do that, you know, six or eight weeks in the summer. And this time we were only able to do it a couple of times. And he really enjoys these camps. It's not like, you know, get out of here. We don't want to be with you sort of thing. But, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of camps. We didn't have any real vacations. And so now it's just all of a sudden this this long slog of summer. Now we're we're directly in school. And it's funny because especially as I'm working from home now, it can be a little challenging and a little frustrating um, when, you know, Declan or Michaela, but I'm going to pick on Declan right now because this is, you know, mostly about him. Uh, you know, it's it, Declan can say to me with words, you know, dad, can you play with me? Dad, can we do this? Dad, can we do that? And I have to say to him, well, no, buddy, I got, I got, I got to do work. And you know, it's, it, it hurts. It hurts me and it definitely hurts him. And sometimes it's frustrating when you're like, Declan, just leave me alone, man. I'm trying to get stuff done, but can't you just explain to him how economics work? Yeah, totally. Totally. Alex. And actually to some degree I have said, you know, I need to work to make money so we can afford food in our house and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know how well that really worked, but you know, I tried. Probably not all, but nice try. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I, I try to give him a bigger picture when I can, but yes, I think you're right. Nevertheless, uh, now, you know, he's gone and I already miss him a little bit, but it got me thinking even more though, that as I've said a couple of times, this is his last year of preschool, which means next year he'll be in kindergarten. He'll be in regular, honest to goodness, public school. So a year from now, he will be gone from something like eight in the morning to three in the afternoon, every single weekday for the effectively the rest of his life. Like that's. That's utterly bananas to me, and I am having real problems thinking of him having far more time away from us. Maybe not. I mean, maybe that's not true if you include like sleep and stuff. But if you look at like waking hours, it feels anyway. Even if the math doesn't add up, it feels. I, I should time track. It feels like <laughs> he's going to be away from us next year more than he's with us, and that just makes me like miserable. Like I'm not going to be able to handle this. I'm going to be a bawling dad at the bus stop. Like, oh God. So much fun today, Declan. I just don't know what to do with myself. Um, <laughs> this is a lot to drop on you. I'm sorry, but no, no. I, like, is it not like nice to have him not be in the household? Like, I don't know. I don't have kids yet. Maybe, maybe I will one day. Who knows? But like, after all these years, isn't it nice to get a break? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. But the thing is, when when the break hasn't happened yet, all you want is the break. Now that the break is here, now I just want him back. (laughs) All right, okay. But if he came back, you'd want him gone again. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly, exactly right. Okay. Which, I mean, I'll I'll be the first to tell you it's preposterous. And and I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm not a good dad. And I'm not looking for, like, you know, reassurement or anything. I'm just saying, like, maybe other dads and moms, maybe they would... They would be devastated to have him gone, and and the moment he came back would be overjoyed, and nothing else in the world would matter. But you know, it's it's tough to be a parent, especially when you're a stay at home parent, and you're doing this nonstop. I mean, I'm not doing it as nonstop as Aaron, but to to some degree, I'm exposed to it nonstop all the time. And so, yeah, it is kind of a nice treat when he's otherwise occupied, but. I don't know. I, 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 this year, I'm not too worried about because he he goes from eight in the morning till noon, four days a week. But next year, when it's something like eight until three, and again, I'm not entirely sure the hours. Like that's just that's a long time to be without a man. Like that's going to be an adjustment for everyone. Mm. I don't know. I just wanted to share and put it on record that 
I'm a little bit sad. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him. I, I he loves school. He usually does okay, a pretty good job. Good yeah, he's, he usually does a pretty good job of making friends. He actually uh, does a little like soccer thing on Tuesdays. So on this very first day of school, which happens to be a Tuesday, he'll even be staying later in the day to do his little soccer practice and stuff, which he loves. And so like all of these are good things, but I just I'm kindergarten always used to feel like it was 17 years away. It's a stupid analogy, but it's real. Like the five year anniversary relay probably seemed like it was forever away until about a year ago. And then I would imagine all of a sudden it became all too real. And that's what I feel like kindergarten is now. Like it's becoming a real thing that we will have a kid in kindergarten. And now with that, all that said, the other nice thing about this happening is that that'll give us more time with just Michaela. Cause you know, Declan had, was it like three years almost something like that, that he, that it was just him actually three and change uh, that it was just him. And now Michaela will get at least a little bit of time where it's just her before she goes to school. But I don't know, man, it's just this, this life comes at you fast. It's just <laughs> incredible. Life just really comes at you fast. We can move on though. I uh, hear we have a few really feels questions. Well, yeah. So we got lots. So thank you to everybody who sent in a uh, relay of those questions. The visualization technique has once again proved to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very pleased that that system continues to work for us. Uh, today is one of those days where all I have on my mind is is work. So when I sat down to try and think about what I wanted to talk about on today's show, I didn't really have anything burning in mind. But I, I didn't have like an existential crisis like Casey just had, for example. <laughs> um, but what I did have it, it sitting in my inbox was a wonderful, like just genuinely wonderful list uh, of questions from Champion Chaz. Um, and now I'm like super scared that I got the name wrong again. So now I'm going to go and look and make sure that yeah, I got it right. Sure, yeah, let's make sure we got yeah. this one right. Got him right. Got him right. Look at me. So there's Champion Chaz and Brad the Champion. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure we got this straight. That's that's where I've I've gone gone with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, right name Chaz. Okay. Not Chad. I think was what I said the first time. I think that's correct. Well, it, <laughs> I think that was a correct retelling of your incorrect statement. <laughs> all right so let's do this so first question is if you could have had added a question for the relay fm family feud which by the way there is now a video version of so if you want to watch a video version of the relay fm family feud you can do that it's on youtube and also in our show notes uh so that's out there for you if you would could have added any question for the live show what would you have added i would have liked to have seen name name a type of cheese that would have been very good like if we would have written the questions in the week that you guys were talking about Velveeta again on ATP, that yeah. would have been in there, but the questions had been written like the week before mm-hmm. because everybody was making cheese jokes and Hunt's ketchup jokes to mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. but it was too light because it took a lot of um, pre-preparation to get the questions into a format that could be accepted by the application that I had and yeah, also yeah. to have them all voted on and everything. Right. So it's like a difficult, it was just like a difficult thing. And also this question is interesting for me because I had a hand in creating the questions, like a bunch of the questions, not all of them, uh, a handful of the questions. I I suggested them, uh, but there were some of mine that weren't used um, because we, we submitted them to Quizmaster Jason and he picked the best ones. Uh, what I would have liked to have seen was name a video games console. I was just interested to see 
what the age range of our listener base and then our hosts would have produced mm. for name a video games console. That is good. And actually, wasn't yesterday the 20th anniversary of the Dreamcast or something like that? Who knows, man? Probably just you, Dreamcast fanboy. Yeah, well. Uh, I would first like to comment that Name a Type of Cheese is very good, and it would have been a very interesting predicament if I had to be up there on that particular question, because the what what is the play here? The funny play is to say Velveeta, you know, for me to say, oh, obviously Velveeta. But the high scoring play is probably something like cheddar or American or something like that. Mm -hmm. So what does one do? You know, like, do I go for the laughs and then potentially ruin things for the team or do I do the team play and do the obvious answer? Right. Cause there's a, there is a point in our, uh, in the show where Merlin goes for a laugh and potentially costs his team the round. Yeah. So it's a tough call. It's a tough call. Uh, but anyway, uh, some questions that I thought of, uh, and I don't, think these were answered that whole event was a blur in the best possible way so i might be repeating something by accident but uh name a science fiction movie uh because you know i think i I like star wars and i like star trek but i'm not super fans of either so i think that could have gone somewhere interesting uh similarly name a nerd movie so the thought here was something like war games or sneakers but just leaving it a nerd movie i think could have been an interesting just like look at what our listeners are really into um and i thought for funnies name a podcast sponsor (laughs) i think that would have been quite a funny thing oh that was a good one but i could never do it but that's a good one isn't that because i mean that's really good squarespace right i mean it it would be yeah yeah that's going to be the number one but what would the other answers be you know and and i can pontificate and i'm sure we could come up with a list of 10 very quickly but i think that would have gotten a lot of really good laughs so i think that would have been my favorite I mean, genuinely, the three sponsors we have on this episode would definitely be in that list. <laughs> That's very true. All right, Chaz continues. Mike, you've talked about how fortunate Relay FM has been uh, to have so many great hosts on the network. I would just like to thank Chaz for the correct verb. Yeah. Is fortune fortunate a verb? I don't know ver- verbs and all that kind of stuff. But you know what, right? Because yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't say lucky. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adjective. Yep. Says Google. Okay, there you go. Uh, to have to, Ben to have so many great hosts in the network. Are there any podcasters out there that you would that you still have your eye on that you'd like to join the network? Of course. And that's all. <laughs> I, I had a feeling I was going to leave that pregnant pause just to see if you wanted to bite, but I'm guessing you don't want to bite at this point. Yeah, of course. But okay. all of the people that I don't would like really want, like that, are podcasters. They already have successful shows elsewhere, so they, it's unlikely that they would join now that the industry has changed in the five years that we've been doing this stuff. And outside of that, there are like other, there are people in other mediums that I think could, would be good at podcasting. And I would like to show them the light as it were. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there are always people, but to be honest, my kind of my feelings and this stuff has changed because like, I just, I don't know how many more new shows I could cope with logistically. Mm. So my kind of desire for new new shows is calming down a lot. So there has to now be like really good reason. So you would completely lose your mind if the McElroy brothers said we would like to join the network? I mean, I would do that. I mean, no. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we would have to make like a lot of fundamental changes to the type of product that we produce because they're very blue okay they do not make family-friendly productions okay Okay, gotcha right um and 
Therefore, I don't know if I could do that without. Well, for them, I mean, they're, they're, they are large enough that I'm sure we could make some wide scale changes to at least the way our systems work to allow for something like that. But mm. sure. So you, maybe what you need to do is, and I'll, I'm going to channel uh, upstream a little bit here. I'd like to clarify something that I just said a minute ago where I kind of said, like, the reason has to be really good. Every show that we have has come on board for good reason. But now the I feel less willing to, like... Because there's been times where we've been like, I don't know if this is going to work, but we'll take a chance on it. I feel less, like, take a chancey at the moment than I have in the past. Does that make sense? It does, it does. I think that makes perfect sense. So to channel uh, upstream a little bit here, perhaps what you would need to do in this scenario is you would need to create the touchstone to Disney's relay. Because isn't that how it works? The touchstone is like Disney, but for adults. I think I have that right. And so you would no. need... No? I know what you're saying, but but you're thinking of like FX, which is something that they have now. Well, yeah, but that wasn't classically Disney. I thought it doesn't ultimately matter, but I thought... I don't think touchstone pictures is a Disney product. Really? I mean, what am I thinking of then? I could swear it doesn't matter. We'll we'll follow it up next week. But I could swear that Disney had some other. Oh, it's um, a film labor of the Walt Disney Studios. You are correct. Ah, I stand corrected, sir. Look at that. See, every once in a while, I come out with something smart. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so you could create. I don't know. You you could have Relay FM, and then you could have Switch On Networks, which would be the adult stuff. <laughs> I many years ago thought about like creating a second company. Which was in the in like the opposite to this, of like it is a network kind of structure for people starting out with their new shows and whatever work there could join Relay. Oh, interesting. So like the minor leagues to Relay's major leagues. Yeah, but ain't nobody got time for that, as they say. But like that's <laughs> that's yes, that's the idea, right? That like a way to try and test the waters of new shows, but also sure. give smaller shows some kind of like administrative and infrastructure assistance mm. um, and like access to individuals who have been doing this stuff for a long time who can like help and coach them. I would love to do it one day, but like I could, I can't even fathom how I could manage that and still run this company. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about the Oxford comma? I love it and think it's required and anybody that doesn't use it is a monster. Okay. First of all, preach i could not possibly agree with you more second of all how does that work with you and your work husband well it depends who's writing something well because uh, steven last i heard was i don't know if i should say vehemently but pretty mm-hmm. strongly against the oxford comma which for the record is wrong he, he really doesn't like it because he follows style guides mm-hmm. in his office so the he actually has the books which seems pointless to me <laughs> because surely it's all on the internet but like whatever <laughs> sure. Uh, typically, because this is something that we we are diametrically opposed about, but we respect each other. If he's written something, it can not have them. If I've written something, it will have them. We write very differently. He is a bit, much better writer than I, and I overuse a bunch of grammar and uh, I overuse like a bunch of punctuation with poor grammar in all the wrong places. <laughs> and he will just fix what is like really wrong, and the rest he'll leave because it's me that wrote it. So right, right. Uh, no, I, I could not agree with you more, though. Those who do not believe in the Oxford comma are straight-up monsters. Uh, what is your favorite type of M&M, Mike? Pretzel. Interesting. I just like the plain old regular M&Ms. No, the chocolate's not good enough. 
Oh, spoken like a Brit. And I can't even get upset with you because your chocolate is so much better than ours. Uh, I understand that. I personally am able to enjoy the traditional plain M&Ms. They are my favorites. Uh, I do like a peanut M&M from time to time. I do like a pretzel from time to time. But for me, the regular plain old M&Ms are my favorite. If you want to know how good plain M&Ms could be. Oh, God, I don't. You need, oh no, I can't remember the name of it, but there is like a sugar-covered like thing that dairy milk make, but I don't remember what it's, it's called. The Cadbury's thing, you mean? Yeah, like a Cadbury, Cadbury sugar-covered chocolate. I don't know. I'm just like Googling those. Maybe uh, mini eggs is a good one, actually. Because, I mean, they're, they're a completely different shape. It has way more chocolate, but it can give you an idea. Cadbury's mini eggs, like it can give you an idea of uh, how good that product could be. I'm, I know I've eaten something that's like mini egg, uh, that's like M&M shape and size from Cadbury before, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, so I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. We probably have. But years and years and years and years and years ago, uh, when I was 13, I went to uh, Stratford-Pont-Avon, among other places, with my grandmother and we picked up a Cadbury's Dairy Milk bar, which I would call, and I don't mean this dismissively, I would call that a Hershey bar. Like as an American, it's effectively a Hershey bar. But oh, no, it is nothing like a Hershey bar because that chocolate is incredible. And so ever since then, I've been kind of obsessed with Cadbury's milk chocolate bars or dairy milk, excuse me, Cadbury's dairy milk bars. And so you telling me that they have a knockoff M&M I wish I really wish I didn't know that piece of information because now I'm going to want it. I bet they're delicious. Old Cadbury chocolate's the best. Mm, it really is. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. While you've been listening to this show, how would you know if your website was having problems? How would you know if your customers couldn't click that buy now button? How would you know if people couldn't read your most latest blog post? Most latest blog post. This is why Stephen needs to edit the things that I say. <laughs> you might stumble across the problem by luck. You might have somebody contact you out of the blue, which you'll get to whenever you get to it. But that's no good. You need a system and you need the best system around. You need a system that's going to tell you when everything is running smoothly on your website, and more importantly, when it isn't, you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment that your website goes down in whatever way is best for you, and it's super smart. They'll be able to get the information that you need to solve the issues sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or the entire team or just a subset of people. Pingdom are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable, which is why they use more than 70 global test servers emulating visits to your site as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor and they'll take care of everything else. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your website breaking. Start monitoring your site today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now and you'll get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get an amazing 30% of your first invoice. A thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and all of RelayFM. So I have a little bit of real-time follow-up. Doug Beal, a friend of the show, Doug Beal in the chat, is has asked an important question, which is, are the US and UK Cadbury chocolates the same or do we get the Hershey-fied versions? Yes, asterisk. So we do have, quote unquote, white label Cadbury's, which is just Hershey, you know, with the Cadbury's wrapper on it. But if you go to like a Whole Foods or a like world market or somewhere that carries international foods, you can get uh, Cadbury's Dairy Milk Bar that's been produced in the UK 
I think might even make some in Australia, which I think because Jelly brought me a whole pile of it and it was also equally delicious. Sorry, Mike. I can't speak for how good Australian Cadbury's is. I mean, to my crummy American palate, it was just a, just as good. But your mileage may vary. Anyway, uh, if you look and make sure that it was produced in the UK, that is the key, because otherwise you're just getting Hershey's stuff. Uh, this question, when I was looking through the show notes, made me laugh quite a bit, because this question is actually, in, in a joking way, a severe point of contention in my marriage. The question is as follows. What is your process to get your toothbrush ready to brush your teeth? For example, Chaz writes, I put the toothpaste on the toothbrush, then wet it, then put it in my mouth. But some people have significant feelings on this. Mike, do you wet the brush and then apply toothpaste or do you apply toothpaste and then wet the brush? Wet the brush, apply the toothpaste. That is correct. Chaz and my wife, Erin, whom I love dearly, you are monsters. You always wet the brush first and then apply the toothpaste. I don't understand these people that do the other way around. Why? You get the, you're not even getting anything wet at that point. You're wetting the toothpaste. You get the brush wet and then you put the toothpaste on. How is this even a conversation? And I feel like you run the risk of like washing the toothpaste off the brush. Exactly. Why would you take that risk? I'm glad you and I are so simpatico on these. And what if you end up not delivering water to the bristles underneath the toothpaste? Like the toothpaste acts as like an umbrella. I also just think that it can't be a bad thing to run water over the bristles before I like apply toothpaste to them in case of like germs. I don't know. Or like debris <laughs> in, the t- in the toothbrush. Where's Dr. Don when we need him? Oh, I see Mythbusters. There's always germs on. There's nothing you can do about it. That's true. Let me extend this question a little bit and ask you another severe point of contention in our family. Does flossing happen prior to or subsequent to teeth brushing? Subsequent. That is incorrect, sir. You floss first and then you brush. Oh, thank you, Casey, this MD. Mm-hmm. That's correct. You absolutely floss first, and then you brush. Because you get all that junk out of the way, and then you brush. Is this what you do, or did a dentist tell you to do it? No. And actually, Aaron and I had such an, again, playful argument about this, that we asked our, I think we each had a dentist appointment one day, and we asked our respective hygienists, and both of the hygienists said either, I think it was like one of them said before, one of them said after, or they were both like, it doesn't really matter, just floss. That's all we care about is floss. Anyway. All right, moving on. Uh, Mike, have you made any progress on getting a driving license? No. Do you care? I don't mean that to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still still want to do it. Like, it's something that I desperately... Not desperately, I would have done it by now. It is something that I do still really want to do. I just haven't made any progress on it. There are a bunch of books in the house now because <laughs> a friend uh, just passed their driving license that their driving test they just got their driving license so has given the books to adina so she now has the books because uh, remember adina doesn't need a driving license uh, she already has a european driving license so can can drive here um actually i think she traded no she has a uk driving license she had a romanian one she transferred it over to uk when she has a full uk driving license but hasn't driven a car in like 11 or 12 years so wants to kind of relearn before uh, putting herself in a steel box of doom. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. It's funny too how different our lives are in some ways because I didn't drive my car for a week and I was itching to get back in my car as soon as we got home and just drive anywhere for any reason. Didn't matter where I was going, didn't matter why. I just wanted to go somewhere. And that was a week. 
I know it's different, you know, after a while, it just becomes a new normal, but it's just so foreign to me, the thought of not having driven a car for 11 years. I just can't imagine. Well, and she doesn't have petrol running through her veins like you do. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Casey, does your love of cars extend to watching any motorsports? You know, that is actually a very interesting question. And it's interesting because I recently watched the Netflix series that I think was brought to my attention because of Hello Internet and my dad. Um, It was, I can't remember the name of it. We'll link in the show notes, but it's one about the 2017 F1 season, I believe it was. Maybe it was 2018. Um, But it was uh, like a five to 10 part series on the a recent f1 season and i watched this whatever it's called i can't remember what it is and enjoyed it quite a bit and now over the last couple of weeks i've been starting to at least casually pay Formula attention one, to f1 drive to survive there it is thank is you is that it yep that sounds right it was a very good documentary series uh and and i think you could enjoy it even if you don't particularly care for you know, motorsports. I don't typically care for any sort of motorsports, but now I'm starting to casually pay attention to F1. The problem I have with F1 is that I haven't picked out a driver I really, really, really like. Um, I know that there's a couple that I really don't like. But I don't think F1 is really a sport where you have to follow a team. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I don't think everybody, like, I know there will be some people that feel that way, but I don't, for the people that I know that enjoy Formula One, they're not following it like they do of a team sports. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is just the drama of what's going on in each individual team and, you know, who's we're, we're driving for whom and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know. It's, I just found the, the human interest stories to be a lot more interesting because my, my ignorant perspective of F1 prior to a couple of months ago was that it's the same one or two people that win every race. Who cares? But now mm-hmm. I see that there's a lot more in the middle to back of the pack than I had originally thought was the case. And so that that is what I find to be a little bit or found to be more interesting and more enticing. Um, unfortunately, one of the drivers that I really, really liked from this series, I think it was the 2018 season. I don't remember the driver's name now. That's going to really bother me. But anyway, there was one driver that that was there for a bit of the season that I really liked and I really thought was a really nice guy. And he was Esteban Ocon. I think that's right. Anyway, it was like this super duper nice guy who was like so appreciative and so thankful to be in F1. And then he got dropped for this year. So I'm sad to say I can't root for my, my boy uh, this year, but I don't know. I, I, I know that I am not a particular fan of uh, Gross Jean, Gross John, uh, Romain Gross John. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he really annoyed me, but just about everyone else, um, I, I had at least some sort of interest in, and so I am paying a little attention to F1 now, which is a very, very strange change for me. And have you put any thought into what it's going to be like to teach your children how to drive? And will you even think about doing that? Like, is that something you would do, or would you get a professional? You'd probably do it yourself. No, the the standard thing to do, and well, okay, well, I was going to make this big speech about how nobody ever does that in America, but that's not really true. I forgot that there is driver's ed in Virginia. So where, where, where I was in Connecticut, when I learned how to drive, there wasn't like a school part of school driver's ed. You could elect to do driver's ed outside of school, but it wasn't like a course that you took in high school. Like it is for most kids in the country, I think. But here in Virginia, I think it is a course you can take in high school. So I would assume it would be a combination of, you know, driver's ed and me and Aaron, uh, I haven't thought too much about it other than if I still do have a manual transmission car, I will force Declan and Michaela to learn how to drive it. That being said, I will be flabbergasted if I still have a manual transmission car at that point. 
Mike, how many pillows do you use when you sleep? Um, when I am not at home, I typically use two. When I am at home, I have a buckwheat pillow, which doesn't deflate like other pillows. It is a sponsor, a hollow, like massive disclosure. But I do sleep on one every night, mostly because I only then need one pillow and it does the job. Uh, but if I'm not at home, I'll use two. Uh, I like a paper thin pillow because I typically put my arm under the pillow and then I do re- that too. You know what I mean? And so, and then mm-hmm. I have my head on the pillow or a pillow on the arm. So when I go to a hotel and they have these like three foot tall pillows, it drives me insane. Uh, and in fact, if I'm driving places like say to the beach last week, I'll just bring my pillow because I, I know that it's almost inevitable that I'm going to hate whatever pillow is there. That being said, uh, I finally took the time a, a couple of months ago to remove a bunch of the husks or whatever they're called from my hello pillow, which was mm-hmm. a freebie to be fair. Um, and it's not difficult to do it. I just never spent the time to do it. And so I took this pillow that was otherwise fairly tall and made it quite a bit thinner and I do quite like the uh, Hello Pillow, and that's what I'm using at home now. And it does stay cool. There is no warm side of the pillow. It really is true. It's it's kind of incredible that way. Uh, I have very strong thoughts about this next question. I'm curious, Mike, if you do, because these this strikes me as perhaps a an American-oriented thing. But here we go. Mike, would you rather attend a rib cook-off or a chicken wing competition? I don't really know what I'm being asked. Like, am I being asked to participate or just go and watch? Oh, good question. I took this as you would be a judge. So let's assume you're going to judge oh. the the deliciousness of ribs, uh, you know, one of many oh. ribs or one of many t- different kinds of chicken wings. <sighs> the difficulty for me is I don't particularly enjoy eating meat off the bone. Really? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um but I would probably go chicken wings because I enjoy chicken more uh, Interesting. Than, than pork or beef or whatever the ribs would be. Mm-hmm. Where, When you are in Memphis, do you typically make a trip to some sort of barbecue at some point? Central barbecue, baby. Okay. I have never been to Memphis. I've heard their barbecue is tremendous. I genuinely don't know. I'm going to be doing it again. <sighs> I'm so jealous. I've always had the pulled pork sandwich there. This time I had the pulled chicken sandwich and oh my God. (laughs) So I am very jealous. But nevertheless, I I do love me a chicken wing. Adina bought so much food there. It's unbelievable. You've never seen someone. Yeah. She like bought like a pulled pork sandwich and a side of ribs. Good for her. That's incredible. She weighs like 14 pounds. Where did it go? I know. She eats more than me typically. That is no joke. I don't get that. I'm so I'm so jealous. I used to have that kind of metabolism. I do not anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. anyway, I love chicken wings. I love chicken wings. I think they're delicious. That being said, there are few foods in this world that I like more than a really, really good rib. I friggin' love good, well-prepared ribs. And so for me, it would be a little bit of a difficult call because I would definitely enjoy both, but I would go to a rib cook-off for sure. We have some questions left. We have a question that I did a bunch of preparation for, which we'll get to. You didn't need to answer that, luckily for you, because I know you wouldn't have done the preparation the same way that I did. Yeah, because I, I saw that. I saw that got very scared. Uh, so don't worry. It was just for me. Uh, but should we take our final break before yes, I please. do that? 
All right, let me thank our friends over at Squarespace for the support of this show. You can make your next move with Squarespace to let you easily create a website for your next idea, giving you the ability to you register a unique domain name if you need it, take advantage of and customize beautiful award-winning templates and so much more. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for whatever it is you want to put online. Whether you want to create an online store, portfolio, or a blog, a site for an event, a site for a business, it doesn't matter. Like They have everything and they're adding more and more all the time they have 24 7 customer support in case you need it they have a new ios app which is friggin awesome like they have a bunch of apps now right they have a commerce app they have an analytics app they're pretty obvious what they do and then there was just the squarespace app where you can add content to your website but you can now also rearrange and the design of the website and the templates and you can go in and add new functionality all in the ios app as well which is super super cool so i know that like of ipad os the ability to do everything on uh, safari is going to be working but their app is now like top notch is really really great i love it uh you can try out squarespace for yourself and build your own website today by going to squarespace.com analog and then when you decide to sign up you can uh, use the code analog to get 10 percent of your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show their plans start at just 12 dollars a month but if you go to squarespace.com analog and the code analog you will get 10 percent of your first purchase our thanks to squarespace for the support of this show and all of relay fm squarespace make your next move make your next website so i go looking through the show notes before we record and i see a question and i see something like 20 bullets following it and i go oh god what is this because obviously some thought was put into this and i didn't even know this question existed until four minutes ago and this was like an hour before we recorded Thankfully, uh, champion Chaz has directed this only at you, Mike, and I am very appreciative of that, even though I actually might be better equipped to answer it, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Mike, do you have a ranking of your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? Also, how are you taking the news that Spider-Man will no longer be part of the universe? So I'm bummed out about Spider-Man because that was so great to be able to have Spider-Man in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. But now Disney and Fox can't come to an agreement because... No, Disney and Sony, sorry, can't come to an agreement because Disney's strong-arming them. Um, and Sony's like, no, we can do this. Which probably means that Sony won't do it again. <laughs> and they'll mess it up like they've done all the other Spider-Man attempts, which is a shame because then uh, Tom Holland's doing a great job. Speaking of which, though, there are three movies in the MCU that I have not seen. Spider-Man Far From Home is one of them. I haven't gotten to see that yet. The other two are Thor 2, The Dark World, which I have been told is best to just avoid, so I have, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, because I legitimately did know that that, not know that that movie had been released. So I am going to start with Favourite. And then work my way down. Uh, Avengers Endgame is my favorite movie in the MCU. Really? And, yeah, huh. loved it. Cried like for an hour at least of the three-hour movie. It's friggin' awesome. Um, Thor Ragnarok. You like see everyone seems to love that one. I thought it was okay, but I feel like I need to watch it again. It is hilarious and beautiful. Guardians of the Galaxy. This we agree on. Black Panther. Yeah, I also thought that was kind of overblown, but I think I need to watch it again. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Iron Man, mm -hmm. the original. Captain America Civil War. This is a dark horse for me. I love Civil War. I thought it was great. All the Captain America movies, well, the set, the two, the, so Winter Soldier and Civil War were both kind of Dark Horse movies. Both oh, wait of them were better no. than they had any right to be. You're, you're uh, yes. thinking of Winter Soldier. I am That's the one Winter that people Soldier. typically rate more highly, yep, but right. like Civil right. War is also where Spider Man appears for the first time. So I love that. Yeah, no, they're both really great. 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, then Captain America the Winter Soldier, mm. then the original The Avengers, so mm-hmm. the first Avengers movie, Iron Man 2, the original Captain America, then the original Thor, then Doctor Strange, then Captain Marvel, then Avengers Infinity War, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, Avengers Age of Ultron, and The Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton movie. Mm-hmm. I bet you'd forgotten that was in the MCU, but yep. it is, and it sucks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is my ranking of uh, the MCU. You didn't like Ant-Man? It was fine, but it's not better than any of those other movies. I I do I don't have quite the soft spot for Paul Rudd that it seems that the rest of the world does, but I do like him quite a lot. Right, it's like a lot of these. So like Captain Marvel, so that's a good superhero movie, but it wasn't as good for me as Black Panther or mm. Iron Man or you know like it just wasn't as good as those. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I, I think by and large, I I think this is a pretty pretty fair list. There are definitely tweaks I would make, but there's nothing that I I'm looking at saying, oh my god, are you kidding? This is my own personal list. Sure. You can have your own personal list. I don't need to know what your personal <laughs> list is. Have, keep your own personal list to your personal self. All right, I'll list. do that. Gosh. I'm not just talking to you, Casey. <laughs> oh, here we go. That's true. Actually, you're going to get a lot of feedback for this one. No, but I've told people, personal list. I tell you what. Oh, here we go. If I send you an email and say, give me your list, give me your list. If I don't, don't give me it. How about that? Can we will make a deal on that one? Uh, that sounds Thank fair you. Uh, Chaz, oh, maybe Chaz will email you and ask for your list. Chaz asks for my list. I'm giving my list to Chaz via everybody else. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't need my list. I don't want to generate my list. I, I, it'll take me too long. I'll, I'll have to rewatch half these movies. I don't want to generate one. Didn't take me as long as I thought it was going to take, you know? <sighs> I don't know. It's tough. So uh, please don't ask anyone. I have no idea. But uh, but yeah, that, that, is, that is a pretty good list. And I think, like I said, not that it matters, but I, st- I stand by a lot of it. Casey, if you had the choice in a time machine, would you rather two more seasons of Firefly or two more seasons of Top Gear with Clarkson, Hammond, and May? This is a very good question. I think it's an easy answer to this one. So a couple of years ago, I don't think I would have blinked an eye. I think I would have absolutely said more Firefly. Now I don't think that's the case. And the reason is you ruined me, Mike. And you ruined Mm. me by having me watch movies with Mikey about Firefly which is incredible. And the kind of thesis of that, uh, without getting too heavy into spoilers of anything, really, the thesis of that is that part of the reason Firefly is so beloved and so good was specifically because it only went for one season. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is something I said when we were yeah, watching I think right. it. I think that, like, right. that, that, that basically the, it is very good as a one season, but a second season could have ruined the show. Yeah. Because it just might not have been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being said, I think I would hedge my bets or I don't know if that's really the right turn of phrase I'm looking for, but I think I would choose more top gear because when top gear ended, I felt like it was not at its peak, unquestionably not at its peak, but it was still to my eyes, very, very good. Yep. And it'd been gone for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. And much better than grand tour has ever been. And so because of that, I think the safer play and the thing that would be most likely to bring me the most joy would be more Top Gear. Because I think you're right, Mike, that more Firefly could have been way better than more Top Gear, but just as easily could have been way worse to the point that it ruined what we've got. And I'm not willing to give that up. It is that important to me that I'd rather stick with the Firefly I have, what little I have of it, 
then run the risk of having it ruined. And so that's what I would do. Not that you're as involved in either of these as I am, but you've obviously seen quite a bit of both programs. What would you say? Would you say Top Gear as well? Yeah, because I was watching Top Gear and then I started watching Grand Tour and watched like one episode yeah. and never went back. Yeah. It just wasn't what I wanted. It's just not. It's not very good. It really isn't. They're going to be redoing it for the next series, and I guess it's going to be no in-studio stuff, if I understand correctly, and it's just going to be like trips. Oh, really? They're giving it another another shot? Yeah, well, they're going to be doing nothing but like specials or nothing but trips or something like that. I forget what the details Mm. are. I haven't even paid that much attention because, honestly, I just don't care that much anymore. But there's at least a chance that it's going to turn itself around, maybe, but I I don't know. It's just not been good. Whereas I think having the, the, the limits that the BBC put on them forced them to be more interesting and better. And when Amazon basically said, oh, go run amok, here's a bazillion dollars, I think that made it worse. I also think that the BBC forced them to be respectful of people. Yeah, agreed. I agree. In a way that Amazon seems to not care about. Yep, uh, I completely agree. Mike, do you have a favorite soda? Um, I really enjoy American Mountain Dew. Oh, that is a very good choice. And uh, Vanilla Coke. Oh, okay. Uh, my veins, uh, depending on when we're talking about, might be up to about 50% Diet Coke. Uh, not Coke mm-hmm. Zero, mind you. Diet Coke. Hi, Alex Cox. I prefer... Uh, Coke Zero to Diet Coke. Uh, every normal human does. I, and I mean that with no disrespect, Alex Cox. Every normal human prefers Coke Zero to Diet Coke. I much prefer Diet Coke to Coke Zero, and I don't even particularly care for regular Coke at all. Uh, I don't care for Diet Pepsi. I will, if I remember right, last time I tried it, I will take regular Pepsi over regular Coke, but I don't particularly care for either of them. I love Diet Coke. I could probably survive the rest of my life, well, I would probably die, actually. But in theory, in, in a magical world where it's not bad for me, I could survive could the rest survive of my life. survive the rest of your shortened life. Yeah, exactly, on Diet Coke alone. Um, a, the, the, the pleasure that I think most normal people get from an ice-cold beer on a summer day, I get from an extremely cold Diet Coke on like a summer day. Um, I do like Mountain Dew. I typically drink Diet Mountain Dew, but can drink either. Uh, Mountain Dew Code Red, I haven't had in a long time, but that's, I think it's cherry flavored. I'm not confident I'm correct about that, but that's very tasty as well. Another one that I don't have often, but I really like is Cheerwine, which is a Southeastern United States thing. It's kind of Dr. Pepper-y a little bit. Uh, Cheerwine's very good. I also do quite love root beer. I don't drink it very often, but I love root beer. Not as much as I like Diet Coke, but I do love root beer. Uh, so all of those are quite tasty in my mind. And then finally for the today, Mike, did you have a favorite comic strip growing up or perhaps now? And Chaz wanted to add a shout out to Snoopy and the whole Peanuts gang. No, I never read the comics like in the newspapers or whatever. It was not something that I did. I went through a couple of phases. I really liked uh, Garfield for a long time. And then as I think almost everyone does, I went through a real heavy Calvin and Hobbes phase of of them, I would probably say that Calvin and Hobbes brought me the most joy and was my most favorite. Uh, but I'd also like to throw in, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but uh, there was a brief window of time where I collected comics, uh, like comic books, and I really enjoyed Spawn, even though I was way too young to read it, but you know, be that as it may. Uh, but my favorite at the time, this is when Image was brand new, and I don't even know if there's still a thing now, but at the time, this yep. is when uh, Marvel had, had been like 
decimated and everyone went to image and it was this brand new thing. Um, and I really, really loved wildcats and I don't really remember much about it at all, but I remember just being really obsessed with it. And I, and I loved that book and I think it got made into like a cartoon at some point, but, um, did you have any comic comics that you really enjoyed either then or now? Well, like a bunch of Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Civil War is one of my favorite comic book series, like series of all time. Uh, when they kind of did a Civil War event, I thought that was just really, really interesting. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've dove in and out over time. Fair enough. Those were excellent. Really your feels Chaz. Thank you. Uh, champion Chaz for sending those in. That is very well done indeed. Do as Chad does send, send in uh, your questions, hashtag relay your feels, and it could be answered on a future episode. Let's go get to work, Casey. We've got some real business to get take care of. Indeed. Happy iPhone day, Mike.